This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. So there's only one subject to talk about, and that is COVID-19. We are waiting to get the mayor on the line, and we should have that momentarily. In the meantime, let's go to Sandra in Keswick. Hi, Sandra. Hello? I wanted to ask a question about what about all the seniors uh, like myself and my friend? We're 80 years old. We have no Internet. Because we had to disconnect from Rogers because of the exorbitant price. We were using the internet maybe once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. And all the channels are saying, you know, connect www.carp or Zoom or whatever. We don't have that. Yeah, I know. And it's... we're isolated here in Keswick. We're not supposed to go out and shop unless it's 8 to 9 in the morning. There's no delivery. Uh, the oh. eight to the night, you, you, eight to nine in the morning is is just so that there aren't too many other people waiting for you. Yeah. I yeah, would I, I would suggest that you connect with a United Way or um, something like that, a charitable organization. No, I don't mean we need delivery. What I'm saying is, how do we get information if we don't have the internet? Listen to the radio. Aha! Aha! We do that. We do that. You will get, we will give you all the information you need here, Sandra. So don't you worry about that. And it'll be good information, not okay. fake news. So, all uh, right. So as long as we have a radio and a television, we should be okay. Then. You should be okay. Thanks very much. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, we have reached John Tory, the mayor of Toronto, who is uh, still in the second week of his self isolation at his condo. Hi, mayor. Hello, Libby. How are you doing? Good, thanks. I'm fine, thank you. I feel fine, which is the most important thing in terms of not having any symptoms, and I'm just uh, sort of doing my job uh, like a lot of other people. I'm doing my job from home and on constant teleconferences and telephone calls and Skype interviews and talking to you, and it's all good. And I should say to that woman, by the way, you were just on talking with from Keswick, I don't know if they have a 311 equivalent in uh, York Region, but I think they do, and so that is another place where she could go to get information. If they have a 311 like we do in Toronto, where people can call and get information about COVID and other subjects as well if they don't have access to the Internet. Okay, yep, that's a good point, 311. The radio will do as well. Yep. Mayor, you're doing your job uh, at least as much as full-time. A, a lot of other people are able to do that from their homes, but... A lot of people can't. A lot of people have lost their livelihoods. And, you know, they're not even eligible for this emergency help until the beginning of April. What do you say to them? Well, I say to them that we're trying to uh, do things to help them, like uh, in our case, if you were a homeowner, uh, we've said, or a small business, we're going to defer when you have to pay your taxes to us uh, for a couple of months. If you are uh, in a situation where, and so we're trying to do things like that to leave cash in people's pockets. Um, I, 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 the federal government, and I commend this for, for them, them for this. I think they made the definition of who would be eligible for that money um, as broad as possible, uh, so that uh, you know, so that most people would get that infusion of cash into their pockets when they weren't working. And the other thing we're doing, for example, I'm having a teleconference this afternoon uh, with the residential landlords. 
And the only question I want to ask them, I, I'm, I'm, they can tell me about some of the trials and tribulations they have, but I'm just interested in knowing what are they going to do for people this week who realize their rent is due next week, the same April 1st date you mentioned, what are they going to do to show leniency? Because to me, um, it would not be acceptable if they just said nothing. You know, we're going to just force them to pay, and that's that. It's not a realistic approach, and I don't think it is their approach, but I haven't heard from them as to what it is they're going to do. So I'm gathering together all those landlords on the phone this afternoon and their associations to ask them to be more uh, specific about what they think they can do to help people like that who just can't pay their rent this month. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I was just talking to someone who's a very small landlord of a couple of un- units, and he said, you know, none of my tenants have lost their jobs so far, but I, I would expect that they will... Uh, try not to pay their rent. So I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I will, I, for one, after this conference call, and I want to hear what the landlords have to say, but I will certainly say, and I can tell you, this just makes common sense to me. The people I'm talking about that landlords should so, show leniency towards are people who have lost their job, not people who haven't. People who haven't, I can't think of a single reason, you know, why they shouldn't continue to pay the rent because they're still getting their paycheck, you know? And so I just think people have to be considerate of others. They have to be considerate of others, including landlords. You know, these small landlords you mentioned that have two tenants, they are not people who are awash in cash, big, fat, rich people. They're often people that have bought these properties. Sometimes they live downstairs themselves and they have a mortgage on it. Um, And so the notion that people would just stop paying their rent, um, you know, it it doesn't really make sense. we're, We're focused on the people who are really in need because, as you pointed out in the first question, um, they have lost their income entirely. And there's lots of people like that. Um, and those are the ones you have to really focus on first, as opposed to those who've been fortunate enough to keep their jobs. And that includes many people who work for the government. You know, they, they are getting their paycheck uh, as of this moment, and I assume will continue to do so. But I think that certainly means they would continue to pay their rent. Uh, what do you say to people? Because there are people who say the medicine is worse than the disease, that the economic dislocation that this will bring is is possibly even worse than the disease because uh, seasonal flu kills, you know, 3,500 people a year. I can't imagine anybody saying that because I think we're dealing here. Seasonal flu does do that. And that's not something we just are blase about, but we do our best with it. It's a, a bit of a known uh, quantity for us because we've experienced seasonal flu for many years. This is a new virus. If we want to look at the television or the computer and see that in Italy, uh, in Spain, uh, and in other countries, if you can go back to some of the ones previously hit, Iran, China, um, and, and so on, there were thousands of people who lost their lives. And I think that we would say here in Ontario, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, we don't want to go there. And that, you know, um, if you look at the economy, yes, it's going to take a devastating toll on individuals and businesses, but uh, I think the devastating toll could be even much worse if we leave things alone and don't do what the medical officers of health are telling us to do, which is to stay apart from one another, stay home, you know, self-isolate if you've been traveling and all that uh, that is so important. So to me, I, I understand that argument, but I don't really accept it. I don't, I, the priority has to be on the health and well-being of people and, and, and stopping the loss of life. We've now had the first death of a person uh, that lives in Toronto from this. And I just think that the numbers are heading in a direction where we want to do everything we can to stop it. And that if that causes some degree of economic dislocation, that's very unfortunate. Governments are stepping in to do things to help with that. Uh, very significant things, uh, $82 billion, I think, from the federal government and more to come from the province. And that that's going to be the best we can do to save lives and to keep people healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just had a caller who said he's laid off most of his staff. And if he can't get back to work, which is transportation in 
two or three weeks, uh, you know, that's going to be a big problem, even with the kind of help. Libby, I yeah. completely understand that. I, if, if you have one of those, and I'm sure you have more than one, I have 10, because people are writing to me and being in yeah. touch with me and so forth. But I also would say, without being hysterical or being uh, over-exaggerating with this, if you said to me that the other alternative was to have a lot of people who were dead um, in the province of Ontario or the city of Toronto, I would say to you that our obligation is to make sure that where we've seen thousands of people who die um, you know, in other countries, we've seen this. And this is as a result of not doing the social distancing, which the scientific people who I trust, the health people, tell me that if we do that, we can stop the upward uh, trend in these numbers of people who are both getting the virus and now beginning to die in some cases. We've seen the death happen elsewhere. We don't want that in Toronto, in Ontario. Um, we want people not to be sick at all. And the best way to stop the spread is by the social distancing, which unfortunately means businesses closed and people staying home. And so if you ask me to choose, I'm, I, I, I just, these are the tough things you have to end up deciding in positions in public life, and you're accountable for it later. I would choose to keep people alive and choose to keep them healthy and the huge toll otherwise that could be taken and do our best to sort of deal with the economy, uh, including a very you know, robust start again when this passes. But it'll pass faster if we all follow these rules. And uh, do you have any inkling if uh, the government will uh, put emergency measures on? Well, what I have said is this. Uh, I think we're in an emergency situation that needs to be acknowledged uh, in, a, in, as, in, as, in as forthright a way uh, as possible with the most effective, broad-based, uh, collaborative measures that we can so that people clearly understand what their uh, obligations and responsibilities are. And I fu- uh, further said uh, that I will fully support uh, expansions in these uh, rules and, and, and uh, advice and so on to people from either the federal or provincial governments if they are of the view based on their expert health advisors uh, that uh, we should be doing that in order to save lives and stop people from getting sick. And to me, those are the two objectives that are paramount, always are. You know, keeping people safe, keeping people healthy, stopping people from losing their lives needlessly. These are the things that we're there to do, first and foremost, ahead of everything else. Um, speaking of the health authorities, um, do you have an opinion? I mean, uh, the government is advising everyone to self-isolate for two weeks after travel, yet one of the key hospitals in this, the Michael Guerin Hospital, said no, they want their health care workers to come back right away. I mean, we've had nurses' unions objecting. Doesn't that put everyone at risk? It uh, got me in some trouble with some of these hospital uh, executives uh, yesterday when I said very clearly that I think, uh, and I think everybody's trying to do this, that if you had to sort of make a choice, you make a choice in favor of the provincial directive that was given. And the provincial directive was clear in terms of what it said people should be doing. All people, not just doctors and nurses, all people uh, who've traveled outside the country, including myself, who's sitting here talking to you from my 11th day of self-isolation because I traveled to England, selling the city of Toronto over there. And when I came back, that was the order of the day. And so I went into self-isolation. And so I think everybody should be doing that. And I think the hospitals obviously have a big job and a very complicated job to do serving people in this emergency situation, but they have to find a way to do it within the context of the provincial directives. Uh, but I don't run the hospital system and I don't run a hospital. I'm the mayor. So uh, I'm just, that's my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, those people are presumably back at work today. Could be. I don't know. I, it's just not something I, you know, that I'm staying on top of just because I'm, you know, it's not my responsibility and I, I've said my piece on it. And uh, there, I think everybody's trying to do their best in an extraordinarily difficult situation. Okay. Um, we are just about out of time here. Mayor, uh, what would you like to leave us with today? Last message. Please give yourself a sense of hope. 
The greatest way in which you're going to give yourself a sense of hope is if that curve starts to turn down. And the best way to do that, notwithstanding all the misgivings people may have about the economy and the impact on the economy or just how it's uh, an impacting on their lives in an unfortunate way, is to uh, stay home, stay away from work, confine your shopping to very, very select opportunities to go and get things and do it all at once instead of making six trips. Uh, you know, as much as you may want to go across the sidewalk to the street to say hello to your neighbor on the sidewalk, just wave. And uh, if we do all those things, uh, and if employers cooperate by closing down businesses that aren't essential, uh, yes, that'll have some negative impact. But in the short term, that'll be much better for us in terms of getting over this and getting on with our lives, which is, I think, what we all want to do. Okay, well, let's hope so. Mayor John Tory, thank you you very much, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.